Yes, welcome everyone to the latest episodes from my mom's garage home theater edition where we take a movie or TV show, take it back, give it back to you full of spoilers, reviews, comments, concerns, and a rating at the end. As always, this is your host Tony with Nikki. Hello, senor. Hello, senoras, and everybody else listening. Um, my name is Nick, and we're here to break down some movies. So let's start off with, well, let's start off this. Let's dive into the movie we're talking about today. So we're we're talking about the 2021 version of Dune. Uh, for anybody who's familiar, this is a a long-standing um, kind of uh, sci-fi novella. From I mean, literally the original movie that they made for the adaptation of the book was back in na- um, 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, they've made a I believe they made a TV show, TV series based on the same. Um, same series yeah so this um this interpretation of this the story is brought to you by um is is going to be available to you if you go to theaters you can watch it or you can go on hbo max which is still available as well to watch it um it has a it has an all-star cast you got timothy chalamet you got zendaya you got rebecca ferguson Jason Momoa, Oscar Isaac, um, Stalin, uh, Starsgard, uh, Dave Bautista. I mean, the cast is insane. Um, the director is one of my favorites. He's uh, the same, um, uh, Dennis uh, Villeneuve. He also directed uh, the the reboot, not the reboot, the um, continuation of um, uh, Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2020, mm-hmm. I think it was called. Um, yeah, he did. Uh, arrival, uh, Sicario. He has uh, a very, he has a very unique, like his movies. Visually, prisoners. His movies have a very unique visual tension to them. Yeah, where you feel it, like visually speaking, you can watch something and you cannot feel it. Like you almost yeah. like you're there. Like he has, he has nonverbal tension that just emanates from. Well, the I just yeah, and also in his visual, yeah, his visuals do carry over that well. Um. So anyone who is not familiar with the story of Dune is um, it is basically the story of a it has a lot of uh, kind of Game of Thrones style politics and stuff like that, where a uh, family is taking over a new a new land as far as uh, controlling a new land that controls a very important um, export. Yeah. Um, which was previously controlled by another family. group of people. Yeah, another family. Um, the main uh, the main character, which in this is played by Timothy Chalamet, is someone who, uh, by every means, is destined for something great. And the question is, if he kind of so you know, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of destiny. It's a lot of stories. A lot of pol- like uh, you know that kind of Game of Thrones style politics. Yeah. Um, like I said, visually is a gorgeous movie. Acting is incredible. Um, I mean, there's so much to unpack. It was a two and a half hour movie, and this is two and a half hours of a two parter. Yeah. So, and I've heard I've heard before that uh, Dune itself is such a difficult movie that to adapt adapt from the book, only because there's so much rich content in it. And to have all of it um, displayed on screen is is is, 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 is yes is supposedly really difficult because you have to understand the world they're living in to understand the story itself. Yeah, because it's yeah that's best way to put it because 
if if the world doesn't have any value or the minerals that the the spice that they're looking at if you're just looking at it out of context or i'll just i'll tell the box like it doesn't not nothing important about it but if once you're in the world and you understand like the value of how much it holds weight and 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 um financial value and how everybody moves and operates that's literally if, if people think spice but it's like gold mining if you think about it, that's or like anything, oil, diamond, like, think about gold, the, oil, yeah, yeah, oil in some of the in some of these Middle East countries where it's the most profitable material in their in their land. So this is a whole planet that engulfs it. But yeah, Timothy Chalamet plays Paul Atreides, mm-hmm. and he's the one. He's really smart, gifted. He was trained like for with his family by like the top like swordsmen and people of uh, scholars and educated people that taught him everything that. Mm-hmm. And here's a here's a fun fact. One well, not a fun fact, which I was reading into it that people were talking about. And this is a little bit off. Was that um, a lot of these things in the movie or the book that came out was prior to Star Wars, and there was just a lot of influences that George Lucas did for Star Wars were coming from from um, Dune. Which is kind of funny because I mean, like you, you if people didn't know about it. They would just say this is like Star Wars, but. Um, no, you're right. This had um a lot of rich story, a lot of because I mean, even it's not even at the bare, very basic of a certain degree, Star Wars has a lot of pol- like has a lot of politics in it. So oh, Star Wars is all politics. Mm-hmm. So this one's having that rich background with it. Um, but going into the movie, yeah. I I think the st- well, other than we already knew that Timothy Chalamet was gonna do, I knew he was gonna hold his own for being such a young actor and around. Around a star cast, or like people that have movies and like, and they were way older than him. They have a lot of movies and a lot of experience under their belt. That he held his own on screen when he was there. And and Zendaya, too, even though Zendaya, I think, I think time wise, she was only in the movie for seven minutes, combined. Yeah. She was an anticipation versus a um, an actual character yet. Yes, yeah, so I, actually, she, I, I think she's, she's going to take more prominent role yeah. in the second one. But this yeah. is just getting to know the initial character and the most influential people in his life, which is his mother and his father. Yeah. So no, I I, I, I love Oscar. I that was my favorite actor, the favorite character, Oscar Isaac's character yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, he was a Leto. Mm-hmm. I th- I don't know. I I think anytime he's on screen. He just captivates you. He, like you, he he requires attention anytime he's on screen. I don't know why. He's a good actor, and he's he's, know, he's coming up on the ranks of one of my favorite actors. Really? Yeah. He he won me over back in um, Ex Machina. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I did like. I mean, I'm trying to think of what my favorite character in this one would be. But uh, overall, actually, the one that got me, the one that really got me, uh, Javier Bardem. Oh, uh, Stigler. I I Stilgar? I'm watching this movie, like I'm into it. I'm I'm watching every detail of it, and up until that man started to speak, I did not know who I did not know it was him. <laughs> Trust me, that is to me that's one of the biggest things an actor can do is disappear, like literally be in the movie and not know that he's in the movie. That's yeah. that I think that's one of the highest acclaim an actor can get, and I mean he just did not. He did not look like himself. Did not kind of portray like his his character. I mean, even though the character is very just kind of moody and just kind of just quiets himself, but seriously, I didn't see him <laughs> until I heard his voice. Like, wait, was that? Is that how we about them? So I love I love that character. I mean, it's gonna 
this movie just makes me ready for the next one. The only thing I was worried about the whole time I was watching it was I'm into it. I'm loving it. I'm in, I'm enjoying the story. I'm enjoying the breakdown of this whole world and everything that is going on and everything like that. But the way the trailer was portrayed, I felt like it was gonna it was maybe to shoot them up or to action sci fi action. And that bothers me because when a trailer gives a false impression of a movie and then people watch it, they get upset, then you have then it's not gonna reflect how good it really is and, and yeah. you know, out there. Because that's the, that's the worst. I, I start, like, people always say, well, movies one or another, but then people also fail to to know that when a trailer lies to its audience about what the movie is, and then when you watch it, and it's not what you want, even if it's a good movie, you tend, you know, you're still upset or sore by the fact that it wasn't yeah, what they, you they went to watch. came across, the tra- whoever did the trailer did it, didn't do justice on how the movie would be. Because no, like you said, it, it made it seem that it was going to be action packed from beginning to end. All this blow, blow up, shoot him up, running, fighting, kicking, punching, and it's not. It's more methodical. It's more. It's it's a, It's not. I don't want to say it's a slow paced burn because it wasn't. It was. Oh, felt slow. It felt slow, but it, it was slow, per- but it well deserved slow. Yeah, but it was perfectly paced because the moments that you it, it was more visual. Is because the the um, the director wanted you to experience that moment that they're having, or um, like how they say, give exposition without dialogue. So you see what's you you see what's happening. You have your own interpretation of it because it's visually given to you, then telling it to you. And then the moments, the fight scenes were great. I think all the fight scenes were good. I think there's a there's a challenge at the end with Timothy Chalamet. It was an, on a death challenge. Yeah. Uh, to the death challenge and that fight scene like that's i want i don't want to say it's top notch it was like but it was up there it was i think top 10 and reese in the in the past year fight i was scenes, a little confused at that scene though why well he, so timothy Chalamet is having these dreams right and they seem like they're they're um pockets of what's gonna happen in the future yeah and the man he he challenged and and essentially killed died. I mean, oh, he killed. He died. Um, and he saw that man in his dreams as somebody who kind of played a part in in him becoming who he who he eventually becomes in the movie. Yeah. So the question I have was like, and I can't remember the first movie that well. Are they able to bring back the dead? I'm not sure. I don't remember the movie. I'm just saying it's like because wouldn't he still play a bigger role later in the new movies if? If you see him in his dreams like that, maybe he didn't, or maybe this is a way to throw you off to let you know that his dreams are not maybe the future. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I think I, I what? All right. So what I think is that he gets glimpses of the future, but he hasn't he hasn't trained himself to see it fully. Yeah, I mean, he probably sees partial timelines of what could happen. If certain uh, if certain uh, events happened, it would follow to that point, mm-hmm. or maybe is that he just did like a fatal blow, like a near to fatal blow that he injured him enough that he almost died, but he didn't. Well, it seemed like they already kind of announced that, that he was dead, but yeah. who knows? Well, like I said, it really it leaves you waiting for the next movie, um, and not in a way where like other movies do, where they try to build a franchise in the first movie, like I said earlier. No, this this genuinely felt earned. I, I genuinely want to know what happens in the next one because this one was so well done, and whatever unanswered questions that lingers, I want to know what I want. I can't wait to find out. 
Yeah, and and yeah, it ended like uh, Lords of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. How they had a big journey, and then everybody went their separate ways, and then that's it. At least you, I thought the know, ending was a little bit more constructive than that because I felt like Lord of the Rings is literally like you're thinking you're gonna see something, and all of a sudden they just just cut to black. This one yeah. felt at least that fight scene and them walking away felt like it was an unsatisfying ending, but it was an ending nonetheless. Unsatisfying because you wanted to see what the answers are, but at least this still felt like an ending. Yeah. But so I, I, I don't agree with that though. Huh? I wasn't. I, I was satisfied. I wasn't unsatisfied. Uh, I'm ready for the next. Like I, I'm ready for I'm the almost, next one. I almost won't even give it a grade, I, but because, I hate when. Mm. I don't like, I don't want to say hate, I don't like when a movie that is intended to have a sequel or different parts to it, that they end the movie with an ending. Like, it has its own ending, and then the continuation is, like, immediately afterwards, a month later, they try to pick up wherever the pieces fell. So it doesn't feel so connected. So you, they try to, usually, normally, they try to do the first act to connect pieces mm-hmm. of the previous one to continue that story for that movie. Mm-hmm. If they, or like one did was like Terminator two was they did a completely different, like the sequel was uh, the sequel T two was just completely a continuation, but I don't think they touched base a little bit of the first one other than Skynet. That's the only, only lingering part that carried over. Everything else was different. And other movies, like let's say scream and scream two, mm-hmm. they touch base on the first one. Or connecting storylines that happened in the first one to this one, but the first one ended on its own merit, and they just try to continue by finding something new to attach it to it. And I don't like that. I like if if your intentions were to make it a sequel or anything part of it, have it loose ending at the end and just cut to black because now you're you're already intended to have something that story arc to continue. No, I got you. I mean, I I I understand what you're saying, like. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a like a direct be like okay sequel, but it has to you have to find a new way to touch on that world and how you you know genuinely go into it. But yeah. when it's something like so weirdly easily set up, like I don't know something like oh my god they didn't get the money, damn 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 faded credits like yeah. thinking you know he has to get to get that's the whole point. You want for them to be happy, they need A B or C. Yeah. So I, I'm happy with, like I said, this movie for what me. What didn't was, you like about this movie? I, I have one thing I don't like about it, but I want to hear what you said. Um, I liked uh, Skarsgård's performance. I kind of wanted to see more of it. And then also Batista. Like, I felt like I didn't really get to know Batista's character. Uh, aside from him just being a big, angry dude, I didn't really get to feel like I got to see his character. And with Skarsgård, I felt like his performance was so interesting that I would have liked to see like more of his actions. Yeah, mine and it's and it's funny because it falls, I guess, right below, right above that. I'm mm-hmm. assuming was that a lot of the a lot of the screen time with Batista and Skarsgård were just dialogue of orders given by the Emperor. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to see the fucking Emperor. Oh yeah, I'm waiting for that. But I think that's I think that's, that's, earned, gonna be, that's earned for the, the next one. Yeah, it's gonna be earned. And I and I, but I didn't even want a long a uh, um <clears throat> a long screen time of him. Just something small, just to, like a teaser of who it is, or not even it is like just the, how he sits on his throne giving orders. Is it 
You know what I mean? And, and I think just that little bit would have been like ugh, satisfying for me. You want it? You want the ending to Battle Angel? I don't remember the ending to Battle Angel. So the ending of Battle Angel, uh, they showed the guy who was chopping all these bodies up and like bringing it to the the upstairs world. Yeah. Um, and it was actually played by the director James Cameron. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but yeah, he like they would like for like five seconds they showed him in a tower, it looked like freaking uh, the villain from um, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, uh, Mr. Robotnik. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a skinny Mr. Robotnik, but this is like supposed to be a serious ending. So I don't know. It was it was interesting. Like I get what you're saying if that's what you want to see, but I'm okay with him not being seen because I then I hopefully makes the cameo or whoever shows up to be that that more more yeah more, more interesting yeah. I, and I knew that's why they didn't do it. That's the thing. I'm like, they're not showing who who who's pulling the strings on both ends because they're gonna leave it as as a climactic point. They probably want to. They probably want a, a bigger name actor, but they couldn't afford it with this one budget. Who do you think that? Who do you want it to be? I don't know. Who's left? It has to be somebody older. Somebody, somebody that has a fan base like that, like distinguished. Um, I would want to. I mean, it felt like the easiest one to say is just uh, um, Keanu Reeves, but no, he wouldn't fit in that world. He wouldn't fit in that world. Um, honestly, I think. Uh, but how old do you? Think I don't you know if he go? would. I don't know if he would fall on the because I don't know if his uh, his acting level would be at the same like, or they would consider him the same level. But what about uh, uh um Hellboy? Ron Perlman? Yeah. I don't know. Dave, you don't have the... He's not as regal. That's what I'm saying. No, I, you know what I would think? Pierce Brosnan. I think it's too easy. I feel like anytime they want somebody with some some gravitons, like some like, you know, whatever, they just pick Pierce Brosnan. But I would like to see somebody with like some... I don't know. Um, some reverence. Some like somebody that you're like, whoa. Like, like I... Like honestly, the the equivalent. Jeff Bridges. Wait, no, Jeff Bridges, no. Turning on names out there. <laughs> of older George, actors, George, George Clooney. No, well, I don't know. Like, what about a? Uh, how how do you think you're going with like an eighties? No, 90s I want like or? somebody in the fifties or something like that. Like something like Isaac uh, Oscar Isaac's age. But somebody with some like, somebody with what? Somebody, uh, somebody that's a little intimidating, but still has kind of like a, a like, red, like um, regalness to them. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the character that would do that, but that's somebody like you would want to, you would hate at the same time you you kind of support. Ooh, okay. But that has the acting chops to be in the same screen with all those people. Hugh Jackman. No? No. Why not? I don't think so. Not for the Emperor. Not for the Emp not for the Emperor. Mm-hmm. Too easy. Too damn it. You want somebody he has clout. He has clout. He does, but I don't He need and he looks like he could do Regal and be a, a fucking dick. You just chopping off everybody that No no, no give me a second. I have to I see it in my head trying to think of like a good What's the movie that they're in that you're thinking about? No no no. I mean I haven't found the actor. I'm just trying to think in my head like who has that kind of Regalness to them that can play that kind of character. All right, come on. Actually, you know something? Um, I know who. 
Do you remember? Because you got me. You got me watching Ted Lasso, right? Yeah. Uh Rupert, the husband, is played by. I used to watch. I used to love him in Puffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, he's way older though. Does he? I mean, he's fine. I think his age is fine. You say you wanted to be around fifty? No, he's I was, a, that was starting. That's starting age. But I'm saying is that that guy. That guy has. He. I, I can see him have that kind of regalness to his performance. No. What? I don't you think so. I think I, I think he's a good character. I mean. Oh, Charles Dance. Who's that? From Game of Thrones. They're just picking everybody. There. Like, I don't know. Like, it's not against them. It's just I feel like those are the same. Those are the people that they, those are the go-tos. Yeah, but that's what you want. Or you want to do somebody like Ted Danson. No. Like, like Ian McGregor. Ian McGregor? Maybe. He's there. But again, he has to be more intimidating than um, Skarsgård. Yeah. So that's that's a tricky one. I know. Oh, I know who. Um, uh, um, uh, the guy from Walking Dead with the bat, Lucille. Uh, uh, uh what's his name? Jeffrey uh, Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I could. He has a way that I could. I feel like he could talk to people like. In a kind nature, but at the same time, be devious. Colin Firth. Who's that one? Colin Firth from um, Kings, a Kingsman speech. King's speech. Kings and the Kingsman. So it has to be somebody likable, but at the same time, villainous when he wants to be. Like Yeah, Colin Firth. I, I'm going to go with Colin Firth. Okay. And you got Jeffrey D. Morgan. He doesn't feel like he fit in that world, though. Colin Firth will. No, conference world, the will. So will the guy I just mentioned, the guy from uh, Ted Lasso, Rupert, whatever his name is. They can fit in that world, but I don't. But like you said, I don't see um, Jeffrey D. Morgan. Yeah, fit in that world. But let's see what they pick. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. I, I, they they're gonna have to have somebody of like star star quality though. Or they're gonna pick somebody to somebody intimidating, but like. Somebody you want to Yeah, because the thing with, with Skarsgård's character, he's he's a man of height and girth and everything. So to have somebody like ha- it has to be somebody that holds their presence to to because he like if he's his size, he could be like, I can just punch him and he fucking dies. Like it has to, it has to be somebody that that guy would fear. That's the thing. I, I think it has to be that kind of unearned Gary Oldsman. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm just throwing the fucking names out. You just throwing random names out. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see. We'll see who they pick. I'm sure they'll pick somebody who's worth it. John Lukazamo. The hell? Idris Elba. Damn it! You just didn't know that. Anybody, I know, I'm anybody sorry. popular? I'm sorry, I just can't. I don't see it. <laughs> we'll see. But otherwise, let's Jason Sudeikis, uh, Jason Mendukis, Mendukis. Yeah, I fucked it. No, not at all. <laughs> okay, so um, let's get into this. Uh, I am going to go ahead and give this movie four Nickies. I'm, I'm going to go with you. I'm, I, I give it four Nickies. I kind of want to. It sucks because I kind of I didn't want to give a score because I was like, I wanted to give this one and the first part together a score because I feel like that's how you really judge it as a full movie. But yeah, I think it's so far it's earned a four Nickies. On so it. then we'll do that. We'll we'll give this a four Nicky. We'll we'll rate the uh, the next one that comes out as a singular movie. And then we'll do a whole movie continuation adaptation, adaptation as as a score because okay. the both could be good, but then I'm like as a whole, yeah, they might be five together. Yeah, 
So yeah, right now All right, so we have put, an average put a of placeholder for Nikki's uh, for June that you could find in theaters or in HBO Max. And like that, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the latest episodes from my mom's garage home theater edition. As always, you can find us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at from my mom's garage or email us at fmmgpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, thoughts, or concerns, movie or TV shows that you want us to review. And as always, tell a friend, send a friend, bring a friend. See you next week. Night.